Welcome to Title VII, The Movement, hashtag the right to sue, the podcast that speaks to workplace discrimination as it pertains to the controversial Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that covers both state and federal laws that outline five major protected classes. Title VII prohibits employment discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, and national origin. I am Paige, and this is my co-host, Griffin. Hello and welcome. Please subscribe to this podcast and make sure you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can reach us at rwtv2020 at gmail.com. Our aim is to present employees and employers with in-person and written personal testimonies, along with case study information, citing relatable circumstances and similar situations that will empower whosoever wills with the capability to execute a compelling need to have Title VII law enforced to defend their civil rights in the workplace, helping to eliminate hostilities due to discrimination that results in racism. Our mission is to make impact now in real time. Under Title VII, an employer may not discriminate with regard to privilege of employment. The classes individuals stated or considered protected under Title VII because of the history of unequal treatment. It's the professed mission of the EEOC's Office of General Counsel, the OGC, to conduct litigation on behalf of the Commission to obtain relief for victims of employment discrimination and ensure compliance with the statutes that the EEOC is charged with enforcing. The Commission's vocation is to function as a national law firm working collaboratively to maximize its impact on employment discrimination by resolving lawsuits brought on behalf of groups of individuals or even one person, I myself haven't been such a person. With that being said, for many people, discrimination is an everyday reality. We are talking about institutional discrimination, which involves discriminatory practices, laws, and procedures within certain companies and social institutions. We are talking about permissible practices and procedures that cause discriminatory consequences. The topic is, and will always be, workplace discrimination. And so discrimination matters? All the time. All the time. And Charlotte Newman is suing Amazon for racial discrimination and sexual harassment. Charlotte Newman filed a lawsuit against Amazon in March, alleging sexual harassment, racial discrimination, and down-leveling her job. She explains what she says she experienced and her hopes for Amazon's future. In her words, It is always day one is a common refrain at Amazon that reminds employees to approach each project with fresh energy and resolve. She says she joined Amazon's global corporate affairs team in 2017 as the first financial services public policy expert for Amazon Web Services. I imagined Amazon would be a meritocracy where hard work is rewarded. Regardless of what you look like, she said, after over four years at the company, she says she found that that wasn't the case for many and for her. 
Charlotte said the drive to make the world more fair fueled her career over seven years on Capitol Hill, where she advised four members of Congress on policy proposals for entrepreneurship and small businesses, financial services, housing, labor, and trade. A belief in equity is also why she currently leads a global strategy at Amazon to accelerate underrepresented startup founders and investors as the head of underrepresented founder startup business developments. She said her belief that every person has a right to equal opportunity is also at the heart of her lawsuit against Amazon. In March, she filed a federal lawsuit for Amazon's failure to protect her from documented repeated racial and sexual harassment and discrimination by supervisors, failing to safeguard her once she reported the harassment and not paying her equitably. Her complaint also explains how she was subjected to a practice known as down-leveling. She was offered a more junior role than the one to which she applied and was qualified for. The hiring manager told her that the change was due to a reduction in the scope of the position, from covering the U.S., Canada, and Latin America to covering the U.S. only. However, that proved to be untrue. For over two and a half years, she had traveled to Argentina, Brazil, Canada, Chile, Colombia, and Mexico, representing Amazon. The international position that she was officially denied paid hundreds of thousands more than the more junior position that she was told would be domestic only. Once she joined, she realized that there seemed to be an invisible but palatable racial barrier. No black person at that time, however qualified or well-educated, was hired above a manager level. Within months of being down-leveled, her hiring manager began using racially coded language with her, calling her aggressive. One day, he called her scary. She reported that she went home that night and sobbed. She recalled thinking he could not even see her full humanity, and yet he was responsible for judging and rewarding her performance. She says it made her feel like she was playing a rigged game that she could not win. In Charlotte's case, The trauma of racial discrimination was compounded by sexual harassment. The manager responsible for evaluating her work in Latin America, she reported, repeatedly harassed and assaulted her. At first, he called her beautiful while they were on a business trip in Santiago, Chile in 2017. That was only the beginning. His actions later went far beyond words, she said. In 2018, he assaulted her at a work dinner in Washington, D.C. Shockingly, he groped her under the table and pleaded for her to sleep with him. Even after she confronted him and asked him to maintain a professional report, he harassed her again in 2019, pulling her hair when she attempted to leave a Seattle work outing and asking if they could pretend to be boyfriend and girlfriend. Newman said that there were many times during that period when she wanted to quit. She, however, felt she had few options because of a non-compete agreement. Every new employee at Amazon is forced to sign a strict confidentiality and non-compete agreement. The non-compete agreement 
bars employees from seeking employment for 18 months with any company that provides a competing product or service. Newman had witnessed the company take action against two former colleagues who were accused of breaking the non-compete. Amazon's policies instruct employees to inform their manager or a senior team member when they experience sexual harassment or racial discrimination. When she reported the unfairness of her leveling and compensation to managers, she says she was dismissed. One manager dismissively told her that changes in scope were common. She says she was stunned because they both knew that she was performing a role that should have come with higher compensation. He was just not willing to pay her for it. Leveling guidelines are readily available. And the original job description that she responded to listed the responsibilities for a senior manager scope. She had also discussed the compensation range for an individual leveled as a senior manager in the position. She documented throughout 2017 through 19. She talked with other women and employees of color at Amazon, and she kept hearing similar experiences of down-leveling and languishing without promotions for years, despite great results. Their stories mirrored my experience, and it became clear to me that there was a broad problem at the company. At scale, the disproportionate financial harm inflicted on women and people of color at Amazon contributes not just to the wage gap, but also to a racial wealth gap in America. The 2019 census data shows that professional black women make an average income of $66,782, while white men make $110,059 on average. When workers are paid mostly in stock, as is the case for white-collar workers at Amazon, the pay gap not only negatively impacts black women individually, it robs their communities of resources and widens the racial wealth gap, which is the growing divide between the household wealth of white and black families. Federal Reserve data demonstrates that the typical white family has eight times the wealth of the typical black family. While historical prejudice and discrimination created this gap, it persists in part because of failures in the private and public sectors. According to a Goldman Sachs report, the pay gap accounts for a full two-thirds of the wealth gap. By failing to properly compensate, level, and promote black employees, Amazon is exacerbating this problem. Since filing her lawsuit two months ago, many more women and black employees at Amazon have contacted her to share their own stories of down-leveling sexual harassment, and unfair compensation. She hopes by speaking up, other employees will gain an even playing field and safer environment. To help rectify the problem, Newman says, Amazon's leadership should create a strong program to protect survivors of workplace sexual harassment and racial discrimination. This program would implement preventative measures to prevent harassment on business trips and company off-sites. The program would also provide 
voluntary resources like counseling and recruiting services to help survivors relocate to new positions internally and externally. Amazon should also demystify the investigation process around sexual harassment and racial discrimination claims, making it clearer and easier to understand. Newman said she had no idea what would happen once she came forward, but she believes a lack of clarity likely discourages survivors from reporting harassment, and that means that they continue to suffer in silence as she did. She believes Amazon should also eliminate down-leveling, which can have severe long-term economic and professional consequences for employees. Once down-leveled, due to stock growth and a slow promotion process, it is impossible for employees to catch up. The fact that down-leveling disproportionately impacts communities that have historically been underpaid is unconscionable and supports the case for its elimination. Amazon only began requiring company-wide bias training in 2020. Employees are simply not sufficiently prepared to make such critical decisions without bias entering the process. Amazon strives to be Earth's most customer-centric company. It should also endeavor to be the most transparent. As the second largest employer in the country and one of the fastest growing companies globally, Amazon's policies have a disproportionate impact on business and social trends. Yet, the company has repeatedly advised shareholders to vote against proposals that would lead to greater transparency. Amazon should contract an independent external auditor to assess its compensation, promotion, and leveling practices and report on where the company stands on fair pay, leveling, and promotion on the bias of gender, race, ethnicity, and sexual orientation. Amazon cannot create the test, grade it, and then say it's done a good job. It is time someone checks the company's homework. Amazon should also end its broad use of non-compete agreements. Non-compete agreements are intended to protect employers from the theft of their intellectual property. They should not be used to prevent Amazon's labor from freely moving to new opportunities. Many of these steps are also included in a recent open letter from the Harvard Business School community to Jeff Bezos and Andy Jassy. For women and employees of color, it's time for it to be a new day at Amazon. When reached for comment on Newman's lawsuit, an Amazon spokesman said, we do not tolerate discrimination or harassment of any kind. We immediately investigated Miss Newman's sexual harassment claim and fired her harasser. The investigation also resulted in corrective action and additional training requirements for those in her reporting line. We also reviewed Mrs. Newman's interview process, leveling and onboarding, and determined that she was properly placed in her role at the company. Charlotte Newman is a global business development leader for Amazon Web Services. She's a former entrepreneur who leads the AWS startup strategy to engage and accelerate founders. She previously served as an economic policy advisor to Senator Cory Booker. Amazon should not be allowed to develop the test, administer the test, and grade the test. <laughs> exactly. 
How ridiculous. <laughs> but can we say to these things? <laughs> we say that they must change. They must change. And that's why it's so important to have people like Charlotte Newman and so many others who are willing to endure the hardship and continue to document, 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 and to file the complaints and to bring the lawsuits. We see Amazon trucks everywhere, every day. And so we know that it is a very large and very um, productive company. And so certainly if there are enough voices and enough attention brought to the matter, and then this is on a very large platform, it should not be hard for the change to come. They only began wide bias training in 2020. Employees are simply not sufficiently prepared to make such critical decisions on a purely subjective basis without bias entering the process. And so in regards to down-leveling, disproportionately impacting communities that have historically been underpaid, this is still a practice. The fact that down-leveling disproportionately impacts communities that have historically been underpaid is unconscionable and supports the case for its elimination. That best describes and supports the filing of the case in itself. Personally, it so personally affected her and her ability to perform. And then you want to down-level her? And so in regards to the takeaways, the citing of that case in itself, it says so much. It should raise the volume of the voice of society we cannot continue on in this manner. And so we know that we have a few important facts that we like to leave you with. And part of that is giving the knowledge that over one million workplace discrimination lawsuits have been filed in the United States since 2010. While you may feel that your case will get lost in the crowd, it's worth the risk to get the justice you deserve. Give yourself the best chance of winning the lawsuit. The number of workplace discrimination lawsuits that are being filed in United States is increasing. This growth of workplace discrimination lawsuits isn't expected to slow down anytime soon. In fact, as people become more aware and comfortable talking about workplace discrimination, that number will likely grow. So the question is, why are workplace discrimination lawsuits becoming more common? Awareness is higher, our mission to inform and educate, but the amount of awareness being raised around this issue is growing each year. For many years, people didn't really understand what workplace discrimination was. We knew what cases were extreme, but more subtle cases were often looked past. Now, many companies have training in place to educate about workplace discrimination. Additionally, many college courses cover these issues, allowing those entering the workplace to have a better understanding of their rights and protections. People are talking about discrimination more. Not only are people seeing discrimination more, but they are feeling more comfortable talking about it. Up until recently, many people felt uncomfortable talking about workplace discrimination. They felt as though they were tattling or complaining about something that was insignificant. Now people realize how serious of a problem workplace discrimination is. 
seeing other people speak on issues has increasingly prompted others to speak up as well. If you've been the victim of discrimination in the workplace, you may be eligible for a lawsuit. Discrimination lawsuits can be difficult to win. However, they aren't impossible to win. Here are some tips for winning your discrimination lawsuit. Talk to the offender before you move forward with the case. If you go straight to a lawyer with your case, it will probably backfire if it goes to court. A judge will want to see that you've tried to handle the issue yourself before seeking legal repercussions. You should make plans to sit down with the employer and report the acts of discrimination against you. Make sure you collect evidence on the conversation. Calendar events, notes, or other documentation that can prove that you've talked to the employer, human resources, or your supervisor, etc. Don't try to record them during your meeting as it is illegal without consent. You may find that you don't need to take the situation to court if you talk to your employer first. You may be able to come to a solution on your own. If that's not the case, you can at least have evidence that you tried. File a formal complaint with your company. Sometimes talking to your boss doesn't lead to a productive outcome. If this happens, the next step is to file a formal complaint with the company by which you are employed. Many companies have zero tolerance policies for discrimination. Because of this, many leaders in a company will take action. This may include monitoring the employee in question or letting them go. Either solution would hopefully end your issue. Unfortunately, not all companies are as vigilant as they should be when discrimination happens. Whatever happens after you file with your company, again, it's important to have this complaint on file. This also proves that you attempted to resolve the issue before bringing it into the courtroom. This will build your case and build it well. Filing an administrative charge. This is one step that many employees skip over, but it's an important one. Before bringing the case to court, you'll want to file an administrative charge. This should be done through the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, also known as the EEOC. You should also file this complaint through your local state agency. The administrative charge will be reviewed before it moves forward. The organization will likely reach out to your employer and talk with them. Depending on what your case looks like, they may choose to ignore it or request that you handle it yourself. The organization may also issue a right to sue letter to you, in which case you'll be ready to move forward. In some occasions, the organization will file a lawsuit for you. However, this is rare. The deadline for hiring a lawyer once you've received your pass is very short, so you will need to act quickly. Once you've attempted to solve the conflict on your own and filed an administrative charge, it's time to find a lawyer. Your lawyer will be a great resource throughout the entire process. They can guide you through your legal rights and what you can ask for. They will also collect the evidence and present a convincing case on your behalf. Your lawyer will make or break your case. So make sure you understand their specialty and past experience before hiring anyone. File your lawsuit today. If you've been the victim of workplace discrimination, you may be able to file a lawsuit and win. Make sure you've completed the necessary steps before taking the case to court. Without them, your workplace discrimination lawsuit won't be as strong. Find the best lawyer for your needs.
And that concludes this episode of Title VII, The Movement, hashtag the Right to Sue podcast. We thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast and make sure you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We can be reached at rwtv2020 at gmail.com.